Somewhere out there, there's a man on a park bench eating his 500th PB&J. He has no idea Papa John's has new papadillas that are way better than a boring sandwich. With Papa John's best meats, cheeses, and veggies hand-folded into a crispy flatbread crust. Someone better tell that man. Get a new papadilla in one of four flavors for just six bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, better than a sandwich. Papa John's. Not valid with discounts, fees, and taxes. Extra prices may vary. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This really is because of the incredible guests who join me uh, to have lively conversations around a variety of business topics uh, so that you can figure out um, the things that you need to know so that you can do better things in your business than maybe you are doing on your own. My guest today is Daniel Danes Hutt. Daniel's an internationally recognized and certified digital marketer, public speaker, and marketing consultant. He built Inbound Ascension while traveling in New Zealand as part of a 66-day challenge to grow a business to 10,000 email subscribers and 130,000 site viewers. Can't wait to hear how he actually got that accomplished. So (laughs) thanks for joining me today, Daniel. Thank you very much for having me. I am happy to um, be having this conversation with you. I know we're going to be talking about increasing the ROI on um, by by getting people on your marketing, by getting people to um, read your blog uh, and people who aren't necessarily previous readers. So I'm fascinated. Um, And I'm wondering, this challenge that you did in New Zealand, is that, um, did you implement your process to, gain the 10,000 email subscribers and the 130,000 site viewers? We hit the site viewers. Um, we actually hit 50,000 viewers in the first two weeks on the site. Wow. Yeah. Um, and we got about 
So we got about 6,000 email subscribers at the time. I launched the site, um, didn't have any lead caption in place. And then we got 50,000 visitors and I thought, I should probably implement that. Um, <laughs> it's one yeah. of those things, right? And so ironically, I got very good at doing that because it's, you know, it's mistakes that you learn from. Sure. Um, so our opt-in rates right now are anywhere between 17 and 83% of wow. traffic. So yeah, it's, the subscribers are much higher nowadays. Okay. So you talk about retargeting and I'm pretty confident most people do not know what that is. So yeah. would you explain it please? Well, we actually have um, two websites now. So I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a retargeting blog, Inbound Ascension, which is basically, the goal there is to help you get more sales from the traffic that you have. And then I have another website called Amp My Content, which I do with my partner Freya, um, which is basically learning how to leverage the content that you have more effectively. So they go hand in hand. One gets you more traffic, the other one helps you get more sales. But we kind of, we separate the two topics so that you know, if you want, um, if you want one thing, you go to this one site and vice versa. Yeah. But retargeting is, um, it's kind of seen as like a dark art. It's one of those things when in internet marketing, especially when something comes out, there's like this mad dash to see how much you can abuse it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so retargeting is basically most websites will only convert 2% of their traffic into a customer. Usually it's because those people are very warm leads and things like this. The thing is, if you actually follow up with people who didn't buy, you can increase your sales by like another 10, 20%. Retargeting enables you to track visitors who've come to the site and then show them specific adverts. Uh, it's probably one of the most cost effective ways of running ads because it'll, it'll be the least cost and you'll see the highest return but of course, you also have to be able to get people to your site in the first place. Right. Okay. Okay. This is so interesting. So I'm trying to figure out which question to ask next. It's all so, good. Uh, okay, good. So um, the, the instant question that came to my mind was when you were talking about the efforts, how, how do you, if they come and they don't buy, how do you know what to say to them to get them interested? Like so, how do you know what sort of advertising to do? At its most basic and the easiest is just a reminder to say, um, hey, did you forget this? Because a lot of the time, if you think about our own uh, internet usage, we are usually, we get very busy. There's so many distractions. I know personally, like, like right now, we're recording this, it's coming the run up to Christmas. So I will be looking at Christmas ideas on my phone and things like that. Or I might be looking at business services while I'm waiting to cross the street. And then I'll cross the street and I put the phone in my pocket and I forget to actually follow up on what I was doing. You know, like 90% of the time, um, you lose sales because of things like that, where people, they start to do something and then just totally forget to follow up on it. So just doing a reminder of actually showing the product or it's not traditionally as well. This is from an e-commerce space, but it works incredibly well for service businesses. Um, just to remind people about the service 
So that's the most basic that you can do. Um, I'm a bit of a, um, a psychology and neuroscience nerd, so I can get really deep into it as well, but there are different types of customers that you will get in your business. You have people who, um, the people who are ready to buy right away. They're kind of the 2%, they're the ones uh, that most of us focus on. But then you also have people who are skeptical, who still want what you have, but you know, they're not quite sure yet. You have people who procrastinate and don't buy till the last minute. You have people who worry that XYZ might not work for them um, and things like this. So yeah. you can actually address those different segments by testing different adverts as well. You know, so this is why fear of missing out works really well in adverts. You know, we only have X left. Sale is only on until Sunday, things like this. So yeah. those work well. You can test different messages as well and different segments of your audience will respond. Um, but in reality, if you're just getting started with it, you simply can just say, hey, did you forget this? You know, or you can just send a reminder. We use it with yeah. content often um, uh, to show people next articles to suggest content. So if someone's read an article about uh, content promotion, I might then use retargeting to show them an article that ties into that simply because it's, it's really cheap. And I know that that person at that point, um, that's the next thing logically in my audience that they would want to read. Okay. Now this sounds like something that, um, can be tremendously valuable. And it's interesting cause I, I know I hear a lot of people say they don't know what to, really how to leverage content, right? They don't really know what to do with it. They're doing it because people have told them you have to have content out on mm -hmm. the internet, but then they put it out there. As a matter of fact, I was just in a conversation last week about that this topic came up. So, so how do people leverage their content? Is it simply having it show up over and over again on, you know, some of the social platforms? Um, there's a lot of different ways and I will say up front that it's not anyone's fault. If you're not getting traffic, it's people we listen to sometimes and people that we emulate have different business systems. So a lot of people will say to create a lot of content, but the thing is they're usually media sites and they get paid for, uh, eyeballs on ad adverts and things like that. So those guys want the same audience to come back again and again, because that's how they get paid. But if you're a small business, you don't have the time or effort and you, you churn out a lot of content and things like this. Um, right. Another thing that I will say, there seems to be a big disconnect between inbound marketers, people who write content and direct response marketers, people who run paid ads. The paid ads guys don't care about content and they'll just run traffic all day because they can figure out that for a dollar, they make $2 back. The inbound guys don't want to be aggressive at all because they've written content and they want people to just come to them. Um, in reality, you need to be doing both of those things. Um, a big thing I, I do when I talk to customers and clients is you don't actually need that much content to succeed as a business. Everyone thinks of content as just a traffic generation channel, but in reality, you have all these different conversations with potential customers to get them to buy. Certain content builds trust, certain content helps to sell and things like this. This is content that might not even get that many searches in Google or you might not want to rank for and things like that. 
it's still worth having because it's going to help you run your business more efficiently. It means you don't have to have the conversation so many times. The asset is there to be leveraged. Um, so just with those things in mind, um, you know, you don't need to be churning out a lot of content. Um, and also that it doesn't just need to be for traffic generation. Sorry, I kind of nerd out on this, but I hope that makes sense. No, that's okay. I mean, that is such good news. I think people listening are thrilled to hear that that's the case because you're right. That is what we're told. That well, there's um, got to be consistent. Yeah. A lot. We, we've only written nine blog posts in two, two and a half years. And yet, really? uh, yeah, and yet we've had content the, uh, in the top 10 of all time on inbound.org, which is like a marketing forum. It doesn't actually exist anymore. Uh, co top content of 2017 on growth hackers, and it's looking like it will be in the top of 2018. Um, like I said, our content gets 20 to 80% opt-in rates from the people who come in. Our sales conversions are much higher as well. Because of that, we're not converting 2%. We're normally converting five to 17% of leads and things like this. So it's, it's one of those things where you can really leverage these assets, but you don't have to copy media sites. You don't have to be Forbes and just churning out 150 posts a week and things like that. You know, if you're a small business and you only need X amount of customers, you really don't have to be, you know, um, right. keeping yourself up all night, creating content. Okay. Um, yeah, I can talk about uh, the promotion if you like. We just wrote a massive guide yeah. on paid promotion because that's a big thing is, like I was saying, there's a disconnect between paid ad guys and content writers. We actually, yeah. see, if you, if you promote content more often, it means you can write less. That's actually a faster ROI as well because, you know, every time you write, you may only get 10 new subscribers. I mean, you write a new post for your audience, you get 10 more. Whereas when you promote it, you're just getting new subscribers, new readers, new fans, things like that. Um, and if you do it effectively, you can actually get to the point where you can pay to get your content in front of people and, um, and actually make a profit. So right now, for every dollar we spend on paid promotion on Facebook of a blog post, we make $22 in return. So that's, okay, wait a minute. Right? Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How? <laughs> like I say, Walk you me have, through that. So you have to have great content. That is one of the one of the main things. But the reality is, uh, it's not actually that difficult to get great content. Um, we we read a lot of people who are much smarter than us. Uh, Jonah Berger. He wrote um, viral uh, contagious, talking about content that goes viral and why it goes viral. And we looked yeah. at research by a lot of other smart guys. And we figured out there's just kind of nine boxes to tick. If the content builds authority, if it builds reciprocity, if it has value, if it's actionable, things like this. And when you break those down, it's just, you know, longer form content, a lot of images. Don't just talk about the thing, actually teach and show how to do the thing, stuff like that. It makes it so much easier to promote you'll get higher opt-ins, you'll get more leads. So you need good content, but the beauty is you can actually go back into old content and edit it for those things. And I've got a blog post about it that I'll share at the end and stuff as well. So you can okay. actually show you how to go into a post. You also need to be capturing the lead because it's pointless just having content that doesn't convert in some way. Yeah. Um, converting it into a subscriber makes it 40% more likely that they'll become a customer 
uh, in the end, plus you own that asset and things like this. So you've got to have those good things in place at first. It's pointless promoting a post that just doesn't get any engagement, even from fans. Um, once you have that, however, yeah, like the world totally opens up. So we run those ads to a cold audience. And like I say, eventually, it's normally about a 60-day turnaround just because of how our business and when we open up offers and things that we see the money back. But yeah, for every dollar now that we spend, we get $22 back. It wasn't always the case. Okay. You know, people don't realize with paid ads, they start off usually at a loss. You might spend $4 and only get $1 back, and that's considered a good ad at the time. What you have to do instead, it's, it's a, an idea that they come up in, in product design, and it's, it's how evolution works. It's called bottom-up testing, where you create variations and you find a winning element, and then you keep that element, and then you test new variations, and every time you go through this process of gradual improvement. So you were spending four and getting one back, and now you're spending three and getting one back, and suddenly it's one-to-one, -one, and now you're making money back off of that. But no one tells you how to do this, and so you start losing money, and people freak out. Yeah. Another yeah. huge part is people don't usually know their business numbers because it's not sexy to do math. But the thing is, it's, it's actually not that difficult. It's just knowing um, at its most basic, it's okay if I get a visitor to a subscriber, a subscriber to a sale. If you know those conversion rates, and again, I have another post on this that goes into all of it. If you know that, then suddenly you know how much a customer is worth, how much you can afford to pay, and it gives you goalposts. So you can say, okay, I need to get below this point for me to be profitable. I need to be spending less than this per subscriber to get, um, to know that 100% confidence that I'm gonna make money in X amount of days. Right. People don't do that. And so yeah. I've seen people stop adverts before. They're actually making a lot of money. Um, but in their heads, they don't, they don't see it. Because paid ads, is, it's, a lot of it's full of anxiety, right? Is it yeah. working? I don't know if it's working and things like this. So if you clear up those things right at the start, not only will it help you out, but for a lot of businesses as well, you can look at your systems and say, actually, right now my business isn't effective enough to run paid ads um, just because it's not converting properly. And so you could actually give you ideas of how to fix things before you even spend money on ads. So that's a huge thing as well, because you can say, oh, okay, well, it's not quite ready yet. I don't have to spend any money. That's fine. You know? So figuring out those things in advance is huge. After that, it's actually quite simple to do, and I can break it all down for you. Okay, wait, hang on a second. I'm going to take a sponsor break, and then I would love it if you would do that. Oh, yeah, no problem. Okay. All right, hang on. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash business growth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Built to Sell by John Warlow and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Fields. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. 
Today we're speaking with Daniel Danes Hutt about how to improve your ROI by promoting a blog to a cold audience. Okay. Back to it. Back to it, and you can start at any point you want. Okay. Go into it. Okay, so a quick recap. You need good content. The content needs to be collecting leads and you need to know your numbers. You need to know, okay, from how many leads on average do I need to make to get a sale? You know, figure out what a customer is worth and things like that. So it gives you goalposts to aim for because that's going to take away a lot of anxiety with paid ads. And remember that they started a loss and it's, um, it's kind of like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day where, <laughs> you know, the day gets slightly better the more times he goes through the day and he figures out what works and what doesn't work. That's basically what you're doing with a paid ad. You're, you're figuring out, okay, that image didn't work so well, but this one did. So let's use this image now. Let's change this headline and things like that. So the testing process itself is really simple. Um, I'll get into that in just a second. But okay. the most important thing you can do is to research your audience. The more you understand your audience, the people who you want to read that blog post, the easier it is to communicate with them. So what I like to do um, I, I will be in forums and things like this, learning about my audience. But I will also do uh, three interviews. I will interview people who are customers right now. They are in the after state, the people who have already gone and figured out all this stuff and who want to be a customer. Because at the end of the day, we're creating content to attract people who's going to be a customer at some point. I will then yeah. interview people who are at the before state, people who are not there yet. They're like a, a very warm lead. And then I will interview people who are subscribers to my blog, but you know, they don't even know that they've got a problem yet. So I've got these three stages. They're very cold. They're quite warm and they're super hot because I've already purchased. And through a sequence of questions, I will learn what, what they were thinking and how they felt and their objections and problems and goals at each stage. Because if I can talk to the person at the after state, I'll learn the language that they use to describe how they feel now. That is going to resonate so much more with the cold audience. And the people in the cold audience, I'll also learn all the problems and objections that are stopping them from taking action right now. Because at that point, they might not even know that they have a problem. They know there's an issue in their business and they can't figure out why. And there's so, so many solutions out there. So they're not even looking for anything at that point. But by doing this, it means I can create ads that talk to a very cold audience that is highly um, uncompetitive. No one's targeting these guys with this kind of stuff because um, it's more difficult traditionally, but it's not that difficult. It's just learning to like talk to this person and take them from A to B to C. That's all it really is. Hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. It makes total sense. Now I have a question and that is when you're talking about Figuring out in these ads, you know, what works and doesn't work. That sounds to me like you're putting a couple of different ads out at the same time so you can see which ones are getting hits. Is that right? Yes. Yes and no. So, okay. um, yes, we are doing A-B testing. There's two different types. Um, an A-B test is where you test just one element and you're figuring out which is the winning variation of that. A lot of people you'll see will talk about multivariate testing. So in an advert, you'll have, there's four key elements that will make an advert effective. 
The image is the first thing that people see. And so if the image doesn't stop them in their tracks, they scroll straight past it. Then the headline has to connect with them on an emotional level so that they pay attention. Because people don't read an advert how you would think. They don't read the top of the ad. So like on a Facebook newsfeed and then the image and then the headline and then the subhead. What actually happens is they look at the image then they say, is this worth my time? And they read the headline. They go, okay, well, that's quite interesting. The subhead supports that. And only then do they then go back up above and start reading the advert itself. So it's important to understand like the order that people consume that information. One, because it means that you'll put right your ad in the correct order. But two, we also know there's a hierarchy of what's most important. Because if the image isn't converting at all, it's pointless writing better headlines because it's not stopping people in their tracks. Right. So knowing those four elements, those four things, image, headline, subhead, and the copy, we can test each of those. Now, multivariate testing is usually businesses with large budgets. Nothing against it, and it's the fastest way to find a winning ad. But what they will do is they will test every single variation, which means they might have 250 ads running at once. You know, and statistically, only one or two of them is going to win. They're going to find that winning variation. So if you have the budget, then it's totally fine. You can dive into it and you can actually um, test all these different things and you can find a winning ad straight away. Most of us don't have that budget and it's a really easy way to burn cash that you don't have to burn. So what we do instead is A-B tests. So we just run one test and the first thing we're doing is we're just testing the image and we're just finding out which one gets the most clicks. So we're only spending, you know, maybe 30, 40 bucks to find an image that gets across. Now I will say this because the content is so good, you'll probably get leads anyway at that point. So even though the ad isn't great, there is leads that may lead to an eventual sale. But our goal is to get those lead costs right down so that we can do a sort of profit and push it out and scale it out. Does that make sense? It does. It We're just does. testing one thing at a time. Right. Yeah. I I get that. And you're starting with the image because, so it would be an image with the same content, the same ad content, just a different image. That's it. You can see what is resonant with people. Okay. I get that. We normally, we have like a template that works pretty well, um, like writing an ad and things like that. And it comes from the research of the audience, but um, people are strange. You can, you can, you can try the very best and like what should work you know, in air quotes, but it can happen where the thing that you don't think will work ends up being the most effective advert. And so you have to test these different variations. So I will just, at the start, I will run four different images and that's it. And each ad is only running for about five bucks a day. And we'll test that to a focus group. So here's another thing. Yeah. We will create a super tight focus group of people who are ideal for that article. And we do that kind of like traditional advertising where they would focus group um, to find out which message is working and things before they launch it to a larger audience. We're doing the exact same thing. The only issue is when you, when you get more narrow and you're tightening your audience on Facebook, they will charge you more because the more specific it is, the higher the cost because you know, you're, you're really narrowing down. That's yeah. fine at first because what we're doing is we're saying, okay, this is my ideal person for this ad. I want to find out the best variation that works with these people, because if that works with these guys, later on, I can expand that to a much larger audience. And what Facebook will do is 
they start to track the people that convert and start showing it to more people who are like them. So it's a real sneaky way of targeting the perfect people, but without being so specific that you're having to be, to pay more to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It, it sort of feels like, um, like machine learning, like, um, yes. right. Like Facebook, that their artificial intelligence bots figure out what they've got all that data and they know what everyone looks like. And so they just take those variables and point it toward people just like that for you. Totally. So wow. a lot of people, their ads are too expensive because they stay narrow on this focus group who are more expensive to show it to. But yeah. if, you, if you only focus on them during the test stage, you have an ad that we know resonates with this group, with these people. And what we do is we then put that out into the wider public and it's usually a little bit slower to start. But as it starts to get more results, the machine learning says, hey, um, it seems like these people from this focus group are actually the ideal audience. And so it targets them, but it doesn't charge us more to do that because Got we're saying the broader audience with a, you know, like a broad interest in content marketing. And then it starts to like narrow down to CFOs who are the people who are responding to that particular article, for example. Right. But it's doing it automatically. So it's not like it's thinking. Exactly. So it's, um, so it's, it's, it's usually small things that um, cause people to fail with paid ads, you know, staying too narrow, uh, not running the ad for long enough as well. For example, um, if you only get uh, a sale out of every hundred leads, your ad needs to run long enough to get a hundred leads, you know, not during the test phase, but afterwards. And a lot of people will stop the ad before it even gets a chance to do that. Yeah. yeah. So you've got, you know, and if it costs you $3 a lead and you're saying, okay, well, I need to spend 300 bucks to get a sale. But you know, if you were in B2B, that might be worth 10 grand or something like that. Right. So it's just knowing those things. Now, if you're in e-commerce, you know, it might only cost you 40 cents per lead, which means you, and, Traditionally, they have much higher conversions of about 5%. So they say, okay, well, I only need to spend $40 to do the same thing, you know? So this balances out depending on which service and which industry you're in. Right. But that goes back to, you need to know the numbers. You need exactly. to know what your client is worth. Yeah. It's not sexy until you know it. And then you think, actually, this is great. I can sleep now at night. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's very sexy. So, um, now, does this whole same concept work on other platforms other than Facebook? Because, you know, when we talk about B2B, it's not necessarily, Facebook isn't necessarily where the audience is. You'd be surprised because they've got like, what is it, so many billion users. It does work on other platforms, but the beauty of it, um, so if we we're doing it on AdWords, for example, um, and we were targeting people for a certain keyword that our article is about, it will definitely work. Um, the only thing there is those people are searching for that keyword, so they're very warm. So straight away, they are a warm lead. Um, and content. The beauty with Facebook is it's an entertainment platform and they want their users to have a good experience. And because we're sending them to content, that is a good experience from their ads. So what happens is it's usually cheaper to talk to a colder audience who don't even know what it is that you're talking about. 
And also because of the good feedback, the relevance score goes up, which means the cost goes down even further. They start showing it to more people. So it's a really easy way to scale out to a very cold audience. But yeah, it totally works. Um, right now I'm using, uh, I'm doing a case study, another case study on Q Promote. Q is like um, a social curation platform. And the same article, has had 50 shares and 49 clicks to it and like 40 new opt-ins. So it definitely works. Uh, you yeah. can test it on different things. What I do say is just go with one platform at first. Just do one ad, one piece of content, one platform, because it's so easy to start spending money everywhere. And what happens is you have 10 right. ads who haven't gone deep enough. They could actually work, but you just haven't gone deep enough with the ad. You know, exactly. find one that works. Here's the thing, we're not even spending our budget cap yet on Facebook. We could spend thousands more per day and still see sales. So in reality, you don't need a lot of different platforms. Right, I like that, that's great. Cause I think that's the other thing people think that they have to be everywhere. And then they're thinking, but I can't be advertising everywhere. It, you know, yeah, right, exactly. Okay. So I imagine there are people listening, thinking to themselves, this all sounds great, but it also sounds like it takes a lot of time and focus and energy and ability to write good content. Yeah. So what would you say to them if they said that? This is true, but it's not as difficult as you think. Like I say, there's a lot of tick boxes that if you hit, you'd be surprised. For example, I have a, um, I have a customer, um, who is in the B2B space and his clients are worth about a hundred thousand dollars each. And he was writing content before and he would get maybe three to five leads after a month. Um, I showed him how to write better and actually edit a post. And when he relaunched it, he got 30 leads in the first half an hour. Wow. So yeah, cause it's, it's not that difficult to do. It's just ticking those specific boxes. And you'll be surprised the emails you get from people who are reading it and like the praise and things like that. And the people who are opting in as well, but they were like, you know, CTO of Microsoft in his country and things like that. They weren't just random leads off the street. So right. when you do this, you have to remember you're building an asset. If Facebook dies, if Google dies, it doesn't, traffic is a side benefit. You've got a tool here, an asset that, you can direct people to for years to come on whatever new platform arrives and it will one, get traffic two make sales, three make leads and things like that. So it's worth doing. It's, it's you're planting, you know, you're planting all the seeds and you're nurturing them to, to pay off. It's a difference between hunting and farming. You know, like a lot of people run a business, like they're a hunter gatherer where they literally, if they don't go out and get, um, you know, don't hunt today, they don't make a sale. Whereas, yeah when you're doing assets like this, they take time, but it's like a farmer where you, okay, after about a year, now you're getting through every six months for 40 years, you know? Like this one article that we just wrote, um, based on our calculations, it'll generate around $200,000 a year from our business, you know, from one article promoted correctly. And that's not even one, that, that's just organic traffic. That's not even, we haven't even started running paid promotion to it yet. So yes, it does take time, but it really is worth it because it means you don't have to do a heap of content. You don't have to be super stressful all the time. You don't have to be on a hundred platforms and you don't have to have the same conversations all the time. Um, as for the ads, 
the beauty of it is I will set up one test and I don't even look at that test for four days because it has to run for a certain amount of time to get data. So it's actually not that difficult. And then I will see if the test has found a winner. If it has, I then um, I create the new test to make it even better. And then I leave it for four days. So, you know, I'm only checking in for an hour every four days. And right. once I've got all four elements working, all I have to do is check in each day and make sure it works. <clears throat> or I can have an intern or whoever do that. <clears throat> Apologies, my, my voice is gone. No problem. So, I, I thank you so much for that answer. I totally get it. And it really is like any other thing you're going to do in your business. It's about cultivation. It's about doing the work up front to create a system that then continues to work for you. And, um, and I appreciate the example, the examples that you gave, because it really does show it's not, it, yeah, it takes front loaded time, but then it, it, as long as you are following a system and a structure, it doesn't have to take that much time. Yeah. Like, um, so the, the new website uh, and my content, I set up with my partner and it's really only been live for about six months. And yet, uh, you know, we've had a hundreds or so websites linked to us and we've had 20 or 30 podcasts share our content and we've had all these different sites and we've only wrote four articles on there. So that's just four articles and it, we're making mid five figures in the last six months. And uh, you know, like it's, it's just finding the right levers in your business to focus on. And trust me, I know what it's like. I've been there in situations where like, you know, you, you're taking on clients or making sales where you don't want to because you need to pay bills. But right. it's one of those things that like this, this works. It's worked for hundreds of websites, thousands of websites before you, and it'll work far after. But th that key thing is to remember that traffic is just a benefit of that content. If you can send someone to it and you only get 100 visitors a month, but it's converting 10 of them into leads and then one of them into a sale. That means you're right. a consistent pipeline of sales, even if you're not getting traffic, you know, even if it's just minuscule. Yeah. I really like that too, because I think we are so hung up on, you know, increasing traffic and doing all these things to increase it. But you're, but you're absolutely right. If you're talking to the right audience, it doesn't have to be, a ton of traffic because you're talking to the people who you really should be talking to. Exactly. And so you're going to get the conversion. Yeah. You're wow. making your life easier as well. Yeah. I would say. I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't blame you. I, I love this whole concept. And as you've been talking, I've been thinking about, you know, like my gears are turning because I, I spent a lot of time putting out a lot of content and I don't do it as much anymore. And so it's, I enjoy hearing that I don't necessarily have to, I might have to tweak some of my content to make it more valuable. Uh, but you know, I, I don't, it's not like I have to be a content machine. No, but well, that's the thing. Um, I, I recommend that you actually uh, go into your analytics and find like a piece of content that's getting traffic already, go into and improve that. And what will happen is you'll start to get more traffic and higher opt-ins. So straight away that piece of content is actually working better for you tomorrow. I am, I worked in retail for years. So I, I almost see it as you probably already got like a salesperson. Imagine if you went in and all of a sudden that salesperson could convert twice as much and you could also get three times as many people into the store. Like, and it took no effort to actually take that time to improve those things. 
Yeah, right. Crazy. <laughs> okay. I I love this. Con- I knew I was going to really love this conversation. Will you um, tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you and, and any, you know, your blog and anything that you think they need to know, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so everyone always asks for my Twitter handle, which is at Inbound Ascend. But I'll be honest, um, it's normally cat photos and music that I'm listening to that I share on there. <laughs> um, if you want business, that's not the right place to go. Um, I'm not like, as much as I use social paid uh, promotion, I don't really use it for business growth, which is one of the things I probably should. Um, but if you want to read about this, we do our case studies totally for free. So um, I've got a guide right now. It's at ampmycontent.com forward slash promoted dash content. It's a 30,000 word guide, like an eight chapter guide on doing this process, how to run paid ads to a piece of content. And it covers it all. It's totally free. I could launch it as a book and sell it on Amazon, but it's all on there. Um, And you can go through it. And the way the guide is written, it actually works through each chapter. It's actionable. So you take action on it at the right time. So the first thing we cover is how to figure out your business numbers before you run ads, for example, because you need to know that. Then we talk yeah. about research and we show you how to do it. And you do the research before you move on to the next part. Excuse me. So it's almost like a mini course in reality yeah. of how to do like. this. Yeah. So wow. in that article as well, it also links to other pieces of content where we talk about lead capture and how to actually improve those old articles as well. But I can, um, I can send you the links after this so that people can just click on them if they want to or whatever. All right, great. Yeah. We'll put it in the, um, the show notes. And uh, now if, if there's somebody listening and they're saying to themselves, okay, that's all well and good. And I'm not going to read an eight chapter. <laughs> I, know, I just right? want someone to do this. They can contact you as well. This is something you can help do them do. Anymore. This is the beauty of it is I can spend a dollar and make $22 back. It's I'd rather go to the beach. I'm sorry. Yeah, boy. Right, um, so great. I'm so glad I asked that question because <laughs> that is a great answer. <laughs> right. And, and that's the, that's the beauty is when you have assets like that in your business, you don't have to do other models and things like we did client work for years, but um, you know, 4am calls and things like that. We don't have to do it anymore. So for my, for my yeah. personal preference, you know, I'd rather go surfing. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I'm getting the guide. Let me just tell you. Just After be, all that content, you should be doing something, right? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> be warned, you will be in there for a while. I keep getting people message me to say, I started reading and I've been on your site for like a week now. <laughs> kind of, you know, I get lost. People get lost in like a black hole of content on there, but it's all actionable. It's all tested. You know, I even tell you about the mistakes we made and things like that. So you can see what we did and what you don't, don't do. Awesome. That's, that is equally valuable, if not more valuable. So it's so great. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed this conversation and learned a lot that I did not know. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure. So, and listeners, thank you for tuning in. You are absolutely who we are doing this for. And I always like to thank the sponsor as well. If you would like to get a free trial of audible.com and get a free audio book along with that trial, 
please go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.